For New England Public Radio's Audio Files, I'm Lucy Martirosian. It's finals week, and during the worst possible time, I've been struggling with writer's block. The only thing I can really think about is stress. So for this piece, I plan to interview a couple of people about how they deal with stress. I wanted to talk to my former world literature teacher, Nilifer Kadir. She'd always offered her support to us as her students, so I wanted to check in and see what she was up to. Some things that I'm doing this week are writing rationales for my comprehensive exams, which is super stressful. Organizing with different student of color groups. I'm teaching this week, dealing with some difficult things that are going on with students' lives. Trying to come up with a study space event. I don't know if it'll happen. Trying to organize spaces where people can either do work together um, or chat together for a little while while trying to exercise, sleep, eat decent food. When she brought up diversity work, I immediately thought of last semester. During our world literature class, we talked a lot about racial issues. So I was curious to find out what she meant about organizing with different student of color groups on campus. The union that she talks about is the graduate employee union. The union is rebuilding a caucus for black students and African descendant and African identifying students. Um, And I'm collaborating with them as an ally, but Something that's really been on my mind as I've been writing, I work on migration, so the deaths of 700 migrants in the Mediterranean trying to reach Lampedusa was really stressful for me because I woke up to write about migration and 700 migrants were drowning in a sea as I was writing on deadline. Um, And I think it's really difficult to do that work. So right now I'm really thinking about my students of color who are trying to take final exams and write papers and do whatever else when so much is going around and it's really hard to focus. She emphasized to me later that as a non-black person of color, she's an ally of the Black Caucus. If there were enough time to schedule space this week, the point of the study group would have been to show that the caucus recognizes and cares for their black students and colleagues who have to deal with the recent tragedies concerning black lives. Seeing each other and like being with each other really matters in those moments. So you know that people get you. And if you need to like go walk outside for 15 minutes and like scream or something like no, like no one's going to be like, that's really weird or like why can't you control your emotions or whatever other response that someone might have. With the recent protests in Baltimore, Nilifer suggests that the university felt distant from it, especially since it happened in Maryland. As far as UMass is concerned, honestly, there has been no kind of outreach. Maybe that's because we're far away from Baltimore. But the stuff is happening in Springfield and Holyoke and Northampton and Amherst too. It's not like it's in Baltimore and Ferguson and Staten Island only. So, I mean, I would have liked to see just sort of acknowledge that the people who share this space with us are going through this thing. And we, I mean, we all know about it, right? It's not like no one doesn't know that things are really tough. Developing support for people of color in the Valley is important for Nilofer. As a woman of color at UMass, she's experienced a lot of feelings of isolation, being the only non-white faculty member most of the time. I moved here from Brooklyn, and I lived in Crown Heights in Brooklyn for six years before that. So coming to Western Mass was like a huge culture shock for me. It is hard here because I think because like you're like, oh, Massachusetts, like progressive graduate school, progressive. But I haven't found that to be the case. I think, you know, Western Mass is really conservative about a lot of things. I think UMass is really conservative. My own department can be very conservative. Um, 
And that kind of feels like a betrayal because if you have multiple offers from, and it, you know, when you're applying to grad school, let's say, or applying for a job like a faculty position or a staff position, and you pick the one that you thought you were going to a progressive place and then you show up and it's not at all what you expected. My program is like seven or eight years, so it's hitching your horse to a wagon for a long time, to use a bad analogy. Um, I mean, I spend a ton of time in spaces where I'm the only non-white person, and that just sucks. Um, I can't really put it any other way. I didn't even realize the anxiety she must have felt teaching her classroom of mostly white students last semester. A lot, a lot of the undergraduate UMass students are white. A lot of them are from New England. So I think teachers of color are usually like pretty scared when they walk into a classroom. And I think, you know, just because of like how they'll be received, um, women of color receive some of the lowest evaluations by students ever. Um, students will describe a male professor as super smart and a female professor as really nice as if those are like mutually exclusive categories, right? Like, am I not smart because I was nice to you? After my conversation with Nilafer, my original story idea obviously changed. I wanted to uncover the stress that people of color, particularly black students, have to carry. I informed my next interviewee that my topic completely changed, but she was on board. Gael is the secretary of the Black Student Union. She was also in Nilafer's class last semester. Following the recent tragedy with Freddie Gray, I asked Gael how she was feeling about that on top of finals week. You know, I don't know. It was stressful for that week, especially trying to like get all my things turned in and try to pull myself together because I know the university, it's not that the university doesn't care, it's just, it's not top priority to like really wonder if, oh, do you need to have this pushback? Do you need to think about, you know, what's going on in your life for a little bit? Because it's not um, an issue that they believe is most connected to the students because it's in Baltimore and not here. So they think that just because it's it's their race and not their family means that, you know, it's not the same. Before she found the Black Student Union, I asked her whether or not she experienced feelings of isolation at UMass, just like Nilofer had expressed. I don't know, most of my life I've lived around like, like just a space where it was predominantly white people. So I kind of got used to it, um, but it was different because at least like in that space, I could go home to like, you know, my family, but um, here it's definitely different because you're sleeping, eating, you know, studying, breathing around the same people. And if not, if none of them that you're really interacting with are part of your community, it is very isolating. So um, I don't know, I, it's, it's hard like, doing that because like you don't you feel like you don't really have anyone to talk to which is untrue because like I definitely have friends and people who are educated and understand my problem but like it's not the same as having someone go through the same experiences as you. Gael joined the Black Student Union this semester. She said she felt inspired to join in part due to the wrong door rally last semester which involved and was led by student activist Josh Odom. Someone wrote um kill these n-words on his door after that like you know it like it was emotional they they had like follow-up you know events right after like it was just like i don't i think the bsu like it gave they gave people time to to you know sort of get over what was happening and like although the even if the university didn't they'd at least follow up and they'd make sure okay hey are you okay is there anything else we can do so i think that like because it, it started up it started with like um 
you know, people being angry and there was a lot of tension and, you know, everyone was, you know, expressing their, their, their hot feelings. And then it sort of moved on to like more recon, like, um, more into, uh, reconciliation of sorts. Like people were just like, okay, here's how we're going to deal with this. You know, here's, you don't have to apologize for things that are happening. Like, you know, and it calmed down until it sort of like just ended on a, on a, better note like just saying you know we can be hopeful things are better like th hopefully this won't happen again so like I think that the way their system worked the way that they um, organized I think really inspired me to want to be a part of something like that. When I'd walked up the stairs to meet Gael in Van Meter I noticed graffiti that read Black Lives Matter so I asked her what she thought. I liked seeing it because like we don't get enough black art in this university so it was really nice to see Black Lives Matter just on every single staircase and like to see the Asada Shakur chants on the ground and I was like yes I know that and I was just telling I was just really proud so like you know it was nice like I know I kind of know the person who did it so like you know I was kind of happy to see that there. But the graffiti didn't even last for 24 hours. Monday morning, it was painted over with All Lives Matter, taking away from the black art that we don't see enough of anyway. Josh Odom posted the picture of the repainted wall on Facebook. His caption read, No respect for black space. This post circulated around Facebook asking people to show up at 5.30pm to help repaint the wall again. When I passed by it at 6pm, people of all different races were dancing, singing, and repainting the wall to restate that black lives matter. Now, for three nights in a row, I noticed Black Student Union members guarding the wall, since there were rumors that people wanted to repaint it again. Thanks to Neela First Class, I've become more aware of racial issues. I changed my cliché story idea of college stress to something worth mentioning. I realized that people of color, especially Black people, have different realities and different stresses. Even as I wondered how to end this piece, I could see that it couldn't simply be left on a good note or on a bad note. The fight for racial equality is ongoing. It's alive and well. For NEPR's audio files, I'm Lucy Martirosian. Audio Files is a production of New England Public Radio, a public audio library of the Western New England experience.